Hello and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast direct from Straight Up Studios here in beautiful Bowville, Illinois. Uh, what about our sponsors? Oh, welcome to our newest sponsor, Rose Painting and Drywall. Very nice adding color to Chicagoland since 1965. Very good man. Thank you very much. Our show tonight, Stages of Crazy Recovering Alcohol Gets Family Issues in Perspective with your host, Rick Atwater. Here's Rick. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Welcome tonight. Welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Thank you for joining us this Sunday night, where we are every Sunday night at 8. Thanks also to our engineer slash sidekick, Chris Atwater. A little hand for Chris. Who knows what he might say? Uh, and also, a uh, shout out to our friend Brendan O, who provides our intro music every week. And um, remember, you can call us at 323-792-2977. That's our call-in number. Um, actually, I take that back. Take that back. You can't call us this week because this is a pre-recorded show, but remember that for next week <laughs> or the week after. Just jot it down. Save Just it for jot later. it down. There you go. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? Oh, we want to we want to mention the website. Do you want to mention the website? We should probably mention the website. Why yeah. don't we mention the website? Why don't you mention the website? Uh, nice and easy to remember if you're looking at recover recovery internet radio. It's recoveryinternetradio.com, and that's got a link to all our shows, past, present, and future. Well, maybe not the future ones just yet, but we'll get there. Um, and we'll have all kinds of good information about our guests and about what's going on. What, what about the podcast uh, deal? Is that a new That's a new thing? That's a new thing, yeah. We uh, just submitted it to iTunes, and you can download this show or any of our past archived episodes as a podcast on your on your pad, pod, or phone. Um, so check that out if you want to you know, bring a little recovery internet radio with you in your pocket. Okay, that's a good deal. Can you also get to the podcast from the website? As soon as I go home and update the website. Okay, <laughs> perfect. That works out. Yes. Um, just another short little shout-out to our friend Bob Ten Gallon Harper. Who Bob? Woo-hoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Bob, Woo-hoo. Ten is, Bob is the drummer for a band called Double Take, and Double Take will be playing live at a place called The Escape which is at 350 McHenry Road, Buffalo Grove, Illinois. They will be playing there on September 8th, so that's roughly a month from now. Uh, we're going, so we'd love to uh, see any of you. And as a fa- in fact, we're going <coughs> to um, uh, use uh, highlight uh, the music from Double Take for our uh, for our music tonight. Really good. Yeah, he is, they are they are really good. They play a lot of a lot of pop stuff and different kind of music, so we hope that you enjoy their musical stuff. And I would like to uh, introduce our introduce our guest for tonight, uh, John D. John's an old buddy of mine from way back and has more stories than any ten guys I know. But that, <laughs> but that comes with being Irish. I guess, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm. You know me. I'm English, so we don't have that many stories. No, we're not kinda, many. We don't talk about them anyway. We don't know the stories. The stories we have to tell, we keep to ourselves yeah. mostly. You got it. We're kind of closed mouth. Um, the show, the, the 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 framework of the show tonight is about um, about the family and and recovery, 
and I, I, I couldn't think of a better guy to talk to about having a good attitude and coming through a history than you. So that's why I asked you. So maybe tell us a little bit about uh, about your family. How, who, how many? Okay. Um, I'm John. I'm an alcoholic, and I want to just get right out front. I'm not. I don't talk for Alcoholics Anonymous, but that's how I am. The reason I'm on the planet today, I am just a member, so I don't talk for it. But uh, I come from a Irish family. From uh, grew up in the west side of Chicago. Uh, anybody that's Irish in my age, I'll be 71, knows what that means to be a Irishman from the west side of Chicago. Uh, what my does, father. What, what does that mean? Well, what that means is we were kind of special. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of special. There's South Side Irish and there's West Side Irish. We got we got any yeah. Black Irish? Is that no, a, is that a different, no, no, uh, there was none. None at that time. Okay. Now this day and age, there's probably a, a lot of them. Okay. But uh, that part of Chicago was a melting pot for Irish, Italian, and uh, Jewish. Uh, the family I came from, most naturally, was uh, very prejudiced, you know, and uh, I grew up uh, very prejudiced. I'm less prejudiced today than I used to be. But that time that uh, I grew up, you know, I think most of the people were, um, you know, they were they came here from Europe, and they all went into their own little niche in the neighborhoods, and nobody kind of trusted anybody, and I can understand how that came about, and then actually, as the generations went on, uh, that started to change. You always call you always call your your group a tribe. Yeah, that's my tribe. I come from the tribe, mm -hmm. and uh, my tribe is Irish on both sides. I uh, immediately, uh, as a child, uh, I was fortunate. I was I was a third. I got a older brother. A, my sister is the oldest, an older brother, and two younger brothers. Uh, one of my younger brothers passed away from the disease about 15 years ago. The disease of alcoholism. Alcoholism, and he was uh, schizophrenic, hmm. and I loved him dearly. Uh, I really loved him dearly. He uh, was homeless before homeless was even talked about being homeless, and uh, he was a uh, star athlete in high school. And all of a sudden, uh, started getting delusional and uh, started drinking at the same time and uh, was never the same. He died at 48. He was in and out of jail. He lived with me several times. Uh, he would go on a program for a year or two and get his life together, stop taking the medication that he needed, and then he'd be off in Gong Gong Land. In, uh, yeah, yeah, Gong Gong Land. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. uh, my brother, I call him Willie, his name was Bill. Yeah. Was he, did you say he was the youngest one? No. Uh, he was after me, his third. All right. Third in the family. And just one quick aside here. Yeah. The oldest boy in 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 your Irish family was called? Paul. Yeah. Did, he, yeah. did they have a name for the oldest one in the family? I've been told that... Uh, yeah, number one son. Yeah, number one son yeah. himself. Is that... Uh, himself. Has that been used? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. you told me... Uh, that particular the Irish family, there's number one son, you mm -hmm. know, over in Ireland, number one son gets the farm, mm -hmm. 
and uh, that's the way it is. And you, you know that coming up. I guess the reason is everybody can't have the farm. So, you know, they kept it pretty simple. You know, you knew what, you knew <laughs> what was going to was gonna happen. Not a lot of <coughs> about that, yeah. Right. And then um, just as a, a real quick background, because uh, part of my family did a real history, and it's funny, they went back into the 1700s, and uh, the people I come from, they went to either West Virginia or they went to southern Illinois. Things were real bad in Ireland. They went to Scotland and they were, became miners. And uh, I have a, a great great uncle that uh, there was a story on. He lived up in the hills of Virginia, up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And they did a paper uh, in 1920, a young uh, paper, a, a guy that did a column in a paper. Yeah. Wanted to know because he had about I think 12 kids. Wanted to know what it was like <clears throat> to live up in a mountain with mm. 12 kids. Yeah. And he went up and did this interview with him. Yeah. And my cousin has this interview. I, I have to get it. But anyway, he, uh, <laughs> the guy went up there, and uh, my father had ran away there when he was young <clears throat> to his uncle's because he had a problem with his dad. And my dad always told me that, you know what, uh, Uncle Willie, even the Ku Klux Klan were afraid of him. <laughs> so he had kind of a reputation of, mm -hmm. this is my land. Mm -hmm. If you come here, I don't know you, you are not leaving. You are gone. But since the report got back, the reporter must have made it. Yeah. Well, the reporter yeah. was, was welcome. Oh, he, he was, was doing a story. Yeah. And the big question was, if you get sick, how do you get to a doctor? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Right. And my Uncle Willie said, you see that ridge way over there? And he pointed to this one of these ridges. He said, yeah. He said, well, if you get from here to there, you see the doctor. If you don't make it from here to there, you get buried. Someone oh, it's real simple. Here and there. Yeah, right. so we try to make it there. You know, that's <laughs> basically the thing. That's kind of the... That's kind of the that's, that's the family way. It, that's the family that's, way. That's okay. what you do. You do whatever it takes. Okay. So anyway, uh, well, I was born 1942, and uh, my father, um, he was a pretty great guy, but back in the 20s, he had uh, did five years in prison. He did a, uh, I think he covered up for a union official, and he took a rap for him, and uh, he was alcoholic at the time. He met my mother, who was... Uh, a great little lady. She was about ten years younger than him, and she was uh, she had some issues as a young girl. Actually, you know, looking back at the history of it, uh, she was also was alcoholic. But she had some. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it could have been manic depressive or some kind of issues back when she was a young girl. She took care of her siblings uh, because my grandfather from that side. And they wouldn't have known. I mean, you, we can say that they were alcoholic now, but they, there was no knowledge of that. No, then, right? no, no. Was, I know they are now. I know yeah, they were. Yeah. That was just uh, yeah. the Irish flu or something. The Irish flu. Yeah. And, uh, well, a little later on, it got to be the plate in the head. The plate in the head. covered a lot of areas. Really? You'd have to explain a little bit about I'll, the plate I'll explain that. That's okay. a little down the line here. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, the we'll plate wait for that one. <clears throat> anyway. Um, or mustard gas. My, we can get there, too. Yeah. My dad met, and... Uh, 
you know, uh, it, it wasn't probably the healthiest relationship to begin with, and they had two kids right away, my older brother and older sister. And my father, uh, he was a really tough guy. He was a, all the men on, on, on my side of the family, my mother or dad's side, were all big guys. I'm a little guy, I take after my mom's side. But he, uh, you know, there was not a lot of BS with him. He was very direct and a uh, good person, had a great heart, great heart. But uh, when he drank, it was crazy time. Mm. I never saw it. We have to, we have to do one thing. Okay. Okay. That's the crazy train. Oh, okay. okay. Crazy train. Yeah. Just, so, just so you know. Yeah, I, I apologize for the delay. Everybody, we'll hear that from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Just to sort of. Anyway, uh, Dad, uh, my mother finally had enough, and uh, she went and lived with my grandmother. <clears throat> my father, uh, they were Irish Catholics, and at the time, uh, AA was. Well, what happened was he wanted to get back with her, and he he said that he made a commitment not to drink. Mm. The Catholic Church uh, thought AA was like a cult at the time, mm. and they had a what they called a um, you, you know you would take a pledge. They call it the pledge. Mm -hmm. You'd go every month to church, and you you know before God and pledge that you were not going to drink. So I didn't see my dad drinking. I was, you know, I was born, and when I was born is when she took the action. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess one of the reasons, too, is somebody was bothering him. I was born in a little Jewish hospital, the only Irishman in there. <laughs> somebody was trying to wake him up, and he was going to throw the guy through the window. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, the best of times. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so he took the pledge, and my dad went immediately into workaholism. Yeah. You Did know. he have a nickname? Uh, well, he had a few. Swifty. Swifty. Because he was he was a, a fighter. He was mm -hmm. really tough guy. Mm -hmm. Good with the knuckles. Yeah. Um, he, he had Swifty. Uh, Wild Bill mm -hmm. was another one. Mm -hmm. Which needs very little explanation. He doesn't need a lot of explanation. Right. Well, so I grew up with really. Uh, you know, my dad, uh, like I said, I didn't see the drinking, but, you know, he had untreated alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And he would go every month for that. My mother got into a severe depression, and then six months of the year she would be sleeping, and six months of the year she would be, like, you woke up and it was crazy time. We had to get done everything that wasn't done in six yeah, months. Six months. Yeah. 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 And then at the same time, um, she started drinking about 30. I remember mm -hmm. my aunt smoked Lucky Strike cigarettes mm -hmm. during the war, and then they, if you went to the store, they'd give you a pack of cigarettes, they'd give you a quart of beer or some deal like that. Mm -hmm. So, I started drinking. <coughs> and uh, that Your mom's name? Catherine. Catherine. Yeah. And she had a nickname too? Trixie. Trixie. Okay. Trixie, Trixie and Swifty. Jersey and there's a couple. So, you know, and I want to just say right off the bat, my mother and father, I never walked in their shoes, and they both gave me some things that I have been able to go through some difficult things in my life. I got strengths from both of them. 
Mm -hmm. I love them dearly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I always, I learned to look at, you know, I hadn't walked in their shoes. Yeah. And they truly did the best they could do. You always did, With didn't the you? cards. Always yeah. loved them. Oh, yeah. Always, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my ma continued the drinking and... Uh, you know, as time as time went on, uh, it was difficult with the uh, my mother's mental condition. Uh, I didn't really know the drinking that much. I mean, I was always a mental, ma's down, ma's depressed, and that was very hard to adjust living with. You know, you'd always be looking. Well, I don't know what's worse, right? Her being in the manic stage or being in the depressive stage. But that's just the way it was. Right. So I became right away a caretaker. Mm -hmm. I was with her alone, and mm -hmm. she was my mom, and I wanted to was fixed her. Yeah. What did he do? He was an electrician? Yeah, he yeah. was a electrician. And I wanted to, uh, you know, care for her and protect her, and uh, that really was my story with her. Mm -hmm. uh, she was very affectionate with me. She gave me a lot of love that, you know, I knew through. I could see I was very fortunate that, through my eyes, I could see that she had a lot of love in her mm -hmm. and just was incapable of being a hands-on mom. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that. Right. Well, you know, I was able to sense that. Not that it was easy, but... <clears throat> and my older sister was uh, very important in my life. She's like my best friend. And she was a very good role model for me with women. And, and still is, isn't she? And still is, yeah. I'm She's a treasure, your, absolute treasure. Name? Snooks. Snooks. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine. Catherine. Yeah. 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 She's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's just an amazing person. So <clears throat> it was uh, pretty tough growing up. It uh, wasn't easy. And um, did I... You, did uh, you get in any trouble? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I was uh, really a good kid until I started uh, drinking, which was about 11. Hmm. I had a little deal where my would send me up to the liquor store and I could get beer for her. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, she had a little charge account there. So I thought, well, I'm going to get some for myself. The cost I'm of also, doing business, right? Well, I'm you know, also I want to smoke. Okay. So I'd get some smokes and, you know, Ma wouldn't know. I'd give her a quart and I'd take a quart. I'd go down on the gangway, light up a cigarette, you know, and I'm a man, you know. So <laughs> started drinking and then the older guys in the neighborhood I would buy beer for them, so I saw the, mm. you know, I was kind of like... You'd be an important a, guy. A big guy, an important guy, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> my friends, I influenced, <laughs> I did influence some that were not alcohol, did turn out alcohol, they got so sick, and they wouldn't, in I influenced a negative way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the time I started drinking, though, you know, I always used to wonder, I really did, I used to wonder, God, what happened to me? I used to be in plays, and... You know, I was a good student, and, you know, I went, you know, I was, I was with the, in the Catholic school system. And Were you an altar boy? With the nuns. I was an altar boy. Yeah. I don't know well, too many Catholic alcoholics that weren't altar boys. Yeah. Though, well, in my day, there were altar boys. This yeah. day and age, you know, you don't you don't see them. But no. the one thing is, is I realize now, as soon as I started with the beverage, <laughs> I liked it. Mm hmm And it did something for me. Mm-hmm. And it carried on that way. It, you know, I never went backwards. Did anybody in the family know what you were doing? No, because, uh, you know, you're, you're raised in an alcoholic home. Um, 
and you're all everybody's in their own little world. Mm. You know. And the old man worked nights a lot, so you know I was kind of free to do what I wanted. Yeah. Okay. I could get away with anything with Ma. So I became a little hoodlum, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's where I was. And uh, I remember one time they uh, they call them thugs now. I think John. Did they? Yeah, hoodlums, <coughs> hoodlums will work. Cause you know, I think hoodlums. And the nuns hoodlums. were yeah, they yeah. were pretty tough ladies. And yeah. the reason being is you know they a lot of them didn't want to be a nun. <laughs> and they were, you know, back then you were just going to be. Right. Those women, they talked about women that went through some oppression. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a many great women, ladies, mm-hmm. that Do you remember I still any remember. particular nuns that were... Like there was, yeah, there, I had a sister, Jerome, mm-hmm. I, was always a good influence on me. Mm-hmm. She knew when I was a little guy that I'd come from a home that, you know, they had 60 kids. And probably, I would mm-hmm. say at that time, from that melting pot, there was a lot of, you know, dysfunction. So they were taking sure. care of kids that had a lot of problems. Were the uh, Italian kids in that, in that school too? Yeah, they were there. Yeah, yeah. They weren't as important, of course, but no, they were down the line a little bit. Down, they were down there. They were down. Yeah, okay. they were down. Right. At least we were taught that, you know. But <laughs> so anyway, the nuns, uh, you know, they uh, they were an influence, good influence on me, and an influence also that I. You know, I, could, I wanted to jump out a window because they were, especially with guys like me, they knew they would put us in separate rows and mm-hmm. you were, you know. And then our, at the time, the school system was, you know, I wouldn't dare go and mention to my father anything was going on because they had the complete authority over you. So it was real simple. You know. So you couldn't go. You couldn't go to your parents and say something goofy was going on oh, no. at school. Oh no! Oh no! 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 When you were there, you were. You take you take the punishment. You don't mention nothing at home, yeah. nothing. So <laughs> a little like prison. Same time, you know, the neighborhood was the same. Hmm. If you had a cop down the street, and you were acting like a jag in a bag, mm-hmm. you know, he had authority to give you a kick in his ass. Or mm-hmm. a fireman. We I know the cops and firemen mostly in the area. And they would kind of yeah they take care of business. Yeah, they uh, you know they're. There wasn't going to be a lot of screwing around in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it didn't need to get back to... Uh, no, didn't need to. Because yeah. if the same cat came down the street and was goofing around in my yard, my old man would give him a kick in his ass. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it was. That was yeah. life. Yeah. There was consequences. Sure. You know. Anyway, uh, I went to a Catholic boys' high school, too. I always had jobs. I worked as a kid. But drank a lot. I went to St. George High School. It's in Evanston. Oh, okay. So I used to hitchhike there. Hmm. The old man told me, "You want to go there? You got to figure out where you're getting there." That was it. <laughs> <That's> simple. <laughs> My dad was very uh, uh, dealt with facts. You know, this is what we have. This is what we do. We don't have it. We don't even worry about it. Yeah. Okay. So there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of questions. No. He had a file on each of us kids. He had a file. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what that was is he had information, grades. And so if I had a, he he would say like this, that means we were going to have a, you know, wave. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a little conversation. Uh Mm -hmm. We have a sit down. Yeah. So he would always say, now, here, here's how we do this. I ask the questions, you answer the questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. I ask 
what they are? You answer yes, or you answer no. And always, always remember, I might know the answer. <laughs> so <clears throat> right away I knew right then that he knew because he wouldn't be asking. Right. But at the same time, if I wanted to do something or I wanted to, you know, lean on him for money or uh, he had, you know, he pulled out the file to show John where John was in the ratings of school, where John's grades were. They were mm -hmm. averaging D's mm -hmm. all the time. And, you know, on and on. So John knew the conversation. Dad had the facts. Uh-huh. And that's what we deal with. We deal with facts. Deal with the facts. Okay. So if John so. gets a D, John's <coughs> probably not going to get any money? Or how'd that work? Yeah, it was just real simple. And right. also, uh, you know, those consequences at that time when you were grounded in my house, when you were grounded, that was like three months. Mm. You got to go to church. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then you worked around the yard, you worked around the house. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no TV, there was no air conditioning. You mm -hmm. weren't going around with texting and none of that <laughs> stuff, believe me. None of that? You do. No. So, okay. anyway, uh, my mother, you know, continued to get kind of get worse, and we made a move from the west side to the northwest side. My dad was... Uh, one of the first electricians out at O'Hare Field. And uh, I came home one night. I, you know, I had heard all the war stories about my father. You know, that uh, he, you know, he never was abusive to my mother, but he certainly was, a, he, he was physical with a lot of people, and he was certainly abusive verbally and not a nice guy, you know. Mm -hmm. And I heard all these war stories. Yeah, he got started getting sick. Yeah, he was late forties, and he didn't know what was wrong with him, you know. And uh, he, I came home one night, and uh, I was taking him to the hospital back and forth for a couple of years. They didn't know what was wrong with him. He was working still. He wouldn't leave his job. How old were you when that, when that started happening? I was about fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. And then uh, we went to the. Uh, uh, I come home one night and uh, as a kid, and he was drunk. Hmm. And he had he had taken the pledge for how long? Uh, it was sixteen years. Sixteen years without yeah. a drink. And he took right off where he left off, hmm. and uh, he got pretty mean. Hmm. Uh, he was uh, physically sick at the, t the same time, and I I just couldn't believe it. You know, I, I saw the started to see the ugliness of it, mm -hmm. and uh, I was somebody he picked on. Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up picking on one of my daughters. You mm -hmm. know, which I'll talk about a little later, and I made an amends to her for that. But uh, he would pick on me, mm -hmm. and uh, at the same time, I had this. You know, he was really had been up to that time because of the family situation. He had been the only security I had in the family. I mean, he really was. You know, because yeah, your mom was, was it. Yeah, Sleeping and he'd take care of things. He would just right. take care of things all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I would see in him some things that I benefited from later. That mm -hmm. was keep the family together. You do what you have to. I learned how to sew. I learned how to do things mm -hmm. that paid off for me this mm -hmm. day. Learn how to cook, mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And I saw him drunk, and uh, he was he took right off where he left off. Was that a shock? 
It was to me, yeah. It, it really was. I uh, I was very confused, and I saw the other side of him mm-hmm. that I had never seen. That, that, that you had heard. And also the pathetic side that he was physically sick, getting right. sick. So right. it was not good. And uh, I went to the hospital, and they called me and my brother from O'Hare Field. That, uh, you know, he couldn't even hold a glass of water to his hand. We brought him home. I brought him to the hospital. And I never, I remember that my, uh, I was with him. And the rest of the family had gone out to get something to eat or something. It was just that timetable. And he went into like a convulsion. Something happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, he died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you were with him? I was with him. Trying you, you were to, the only one with him? Yeah, I was trying to, you know. Uh, they, they had a big oxygen tent at the time, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do, and then they got me out of the room, and I remember, you know, and I got to look back at the doctor was probably busy and everything, but I remember the only thing he said to me is, you can go in there now, your father expired, and, you know, I just felt like, God, is there anything more to that, you know, yeah, but that's, that's just what it was, and that lingered on me for a long time, but mm-hmm. I have to look at, you know, those times were a little bit different. I'm not saying that he could have had better bedside manner, but anyway, uh, you know, when he died, that was... Uh, and you were 15 or so? Yeah, and I was drinking alcoholically then. I was having blackouts as a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, <clears throat> buried him, and then had two younger brothers at home, and uh, my brother, the one that was schizophrenic, he was about 10, and the third little guy was three. Mm-hmm. So it went on for a couple of years, and you know my mom got really kind of worse and more dependent on me in a lot of ways. And uh, I was uh, got to be an electrician at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. and I had that. You know, I worked with a lot of World War II guys that were heavy drinkers, and they you did not you know you were on the job. So I got that you know what that work ethic. No matter what it takes, I'm on the job. Mm-hmm. So that made me like a little bit better. Than, that made me a kind of a badass. Of the, you know, gave me a little that step right. before dishonor. You know that. that <laughs> right. Right. And I kind of like that. Well, sure. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, what was hard is, um, you know, at the time I, uh, <laughs> I had a, I took care of my mother, and then my one brother took my youngest brother. Mm-hmm. So I had my other little brother at the time. I took, you know, I was, took care of him and my mother. Well, then I uh, met my bride-to-be in a bar mm-hmm. from an old girlfriend that I knew. And as soon as I saw her, I said, oh, man. I said, you know. That girl's for me. She's for me. <laughs> I marry her. Before we go there. Yeah. You got to, you got to. There, there, there's so many. I know there's so many stories about Trixie. Yeah. But oh, ma. Yeah, your ma. But I, I, I can't remember the details of the one where she, she went into the restaurant and, and, and uh, you know, and somebody said so, she went back in and had something to say to somebody or. Well, there was a. Uh, she ended up in Maywood. Yeah. Yeah. My ma would take buses around. Right. She had the Rosary Beads. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the vigil lights and the whole thing in that bag. And the most important thing in that bag was the green for her beer money. Mm-hmm. It was with all of right. it. 
Right. And if you asked her about her drinking, what would she say to you? Oh, you're kidding me. You you got to be kidding me. You know. You know, you, you, what did she say? You're so you're silly. Silly. You're, that's so silly. You're silly. Yeah. Ridiculous. Silly. Ridiculous. Yeah. My mother had a, you know, she was a person that you would never want to put had words to put down with, because mm -hmm. she would put you in cement in about five minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable what she could come up with. Not right. messing around. Right. So I got a call from, make a long story short, this restaurant in Maywood, and it was a. You know, it was a tough area. It was a black area in there. I don't know how she got over there, what she was doing there, and it was a Greek. And he was telling me, you know, your mother is here, and you got to, uh, there's something going on with her. Her name is so, I said, get her on the phone. I said, what's going on, Ma? Because there's always something going on with Ma. She's, Johnny, you wouldn't believe it. I said, what is it? She's, I went outside, and an African tried to take my, tried to take my purse. I said, yeah, and she said, I told him I'm American, and I will not, I will go down first, and she did. I said, what, give him the purse, and I said, what did you do? What, my, what were you doing to maybe start in a little trouble, right? Well, anyway, uh, you know, there was so many things with Trixie, we started calling her Trixie, uh, I would shake her down if she came to the house, make sure she didn't have booze with her. And one time I said, you know what, there's two six-packs of beer in the refrigerator. They're right in the containers. So I said, there's nothing in the house, Ma. She goes, oh, don't be so silly. You think I would be drinking? Because she had a, <laughs> Ma had a thing. What she would do is the, she always had a towel, always doing the dishes. Right. The towel was over the arm, and see, we... At the same time, the water goes on. So she had a so sound effect. Muffled the... Muffled the had a sound, she had a down. And oh, she thought yeah. nobody could hear, right? She had a down. Beer yeah. silencer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my ex-wife tells me, she goes, <clears throat> geez, you know, your mom's got a little buzz. I don't know where, you know. I said, well, she must she must probably had hid something, you know, because mm -hmm. she'd plant things around. Mm -hmm. So she goes home, and I told her, I said, Ma, you got a glow on you. No, don't be so silly. Don't I said, silly. silly, your eyes are don't crossed. Be silly, Johnny. Yeah, don't be silly. So anyway, my goes home, and uh, I invite this buddy of mine that we were working together. He comes in the house. And I said, want a beer? He goes, yeah. I reach in the refrigerator. I grab the six-pack. Go like this. What's this? Well, what Ma did is she drained them out from the bottom. The time the cans <laughs> you could drain out. Drained out all 12. <laughs> Put them back in there. Empty. Yeah. And I know, I know what she was saying. Shoe bastard, you think you're, you're, you you're think accusing me of drinking? Mm -hmm. You know, so she drained them out. I called her. I said, good job, ma. You know, you, you did all 12. Oh, my God, what are you talking? I would never do something like that, you know. <laughs> Don't be silly. No. The other time she brought over a, a lobster in a bag. Home, two big lobsters. lobsters. Yeah, right. two big lobsters. I said, where'd you get them? Well, I was at the store. And, you know, he, I, I borrowed the cart one day to take it home, and then the manager was scolding me. You can't take that cart. So she goes, well, you know what? I think for that kind of attitude that you have, I'm going to take a couple lobsters and bring them to Johnny. So... That's how my operated. Right. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> they say, they say, I think the phrase is, the apple doesn't fall far from no, the tree. No, no. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to yeah. stop here for a okay. minute, and we're going to play uh, a, a little a little bit of uh, 
uh, little tune here by by Double Take. What's the what's the name of the song? This is uh, Sweet Home Chicago. Sweet Home Chicago. Okay, let's mm -hmm. play that, and then we'll get back to you yeah. in just a minute. Any more of this Living in the same place, Chris?
Thanks, double take. And we'll, we'll hear. We don't. Yeah, I don't. We don't. I, Chicago. I don't we'll do it justice. We thought, we, thought, we thought you'd like that. Song. I like that. Yeah. 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 It would capture something. Sure. Um, so, <coughs> so I guess kind of what, what we what we want to do is kind of move from a little bit from the history to you know bring it into you know a little bit how how it got to the way it is now and you know one of the things I really like and one of the things I I, I asked you to come here for is because despite all the other the, all the stuff the ups and downs the craziness the crazy you know you know stages of crazy your you know yeah. your term you always had you know you had such a loving attitude about it a way a way like a survivor you're yeah. a survivor yeah you know and that, I mean I think that's something that I wanted to hopefully that's something that you convey when you talk is that you you don't have a bad you don't have a bad attitude about any of that you're no bitter you're I was able to you know through recovery program you know certainly work on things and I still need to I mean that's ongoing for me yeah um, it was difficult there's no doubt about it there's some scars they're there you know they get they're going to be there and uh, I don't know I was very blessed I look at it this way I know that uh, you know I've got a lot of shortcomings and I know I got a lot of good things about me, and I know I know both sides, mm -hmm. and I know that uh, a lot of the good things, you know, I love to help people. It's natural for me. I always have. Uh, it came from my mother. Mm -hmm. I know there. I mm -hmm. mean, she was even in her sick time. She was giving. When I was with her, many times she'd be giving to a neighbor. She'd be helping a neighbor. She wanted to be a nurse. You know, there was mm -hmm. things that. And I saw that in her, and, uh, you know, I always think of, uh, I, when I think of her, I think of a lot of love. And I realized that she had she had some problems that she had no control over. And um, I love her dearly, so, I, you know, I, I've been able to sort that out. My father, in his way, he did not have what I have. I didn't walk in his shoes. I could only wish that he would have gotten the recovery that I've been able to to get. <coughs> you, you got good values. Yeah. You got good values. You gave me that. You know, you know there, was both a, there was a young man that came that, that came here and talked, you know, a little bit uh, oh, a month or so ago. And uh, we, we call him Mr. Droghead. And he's not <coughs> exactly one of us. He's yeah. sort of on his way, maybe. Yeah. But one of the things he said... To me one time always stuck he said he's talking about drug addicts and drug addiction and his family and his stuff and the people that he knew and he said you know don't forget drug addicts are good people they're good people yeah you know some would do you know not so good things sometimes yeah but they're good oh people. yeah yeah and I just think that's true it that's, is true and that's what you're saying you know, it is you're, true you're 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 maybe yeah. there was alcoholism in your family yeah, and I. Uh, but they were good people. And they were very good people, and you know, um, I had a, you know, for what I didn't know that I was going to be going through in life, if I wouldn't have had that foundation, I don't know where I'd be, because I was able to take care of myself when I needed to. Yeah. So you got you 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 said uh, that you had uh, <coughs> met the girl of your dreams in the bar. Met her in a bar. She was right. not, you know, she was a. Uh, you know, a traffic stopper. She was a knockout, mm -hmm. and uh, 
you know, immediately I was attracted physically, and she had a situation at home that wasn't great. Anyway, we it was about a year we connected, and we got married. And you know, to me, I was going to have like uh, I wanted to have about eight to ten kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I was with the lady that I love. I'm sure she was right on board with that. I was, well, she didn't say a lot to all this stuff, see? <laughs> Eight to ten. But, you know, and she had a, you know, I look back at it now because she had a very good job with the, with the, the Attorney General's office, and she was a very outgoing, very pretty in a lot of parades and stuff like that. You know, and back at that time, it was, uh, this is just what you're going to do now. That life is going to stop. You're going to have kids, and I provide and you stay home. I mean, mm-hmm. there was no other... That's the way it was. You, yeah, you didn't think any other way. You just didn't. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can, you know, I'll go in a little later, I can see where, you know, women, uh, some women are very happy homemakers, but I believe that also, you know, a lot of women have probably were frustrated the fact that, you know, the only life they had was to be, you know, the cook, and I think it's good, I don't mean that, a homemaker, but they also needed something. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it was just they were taking taking advantage. Staying home raising kids no. and making dinner. No, no. <clears throat> so anyway, that was the boundaries we had. Mm-hmm. We had a drinking relationship, mm-hmm. except mine was a lot heavier than hers. Mm-hmm. We got a house. Uh, we at that time we didn't live together. You wouldn't even think of it, but we got a house before we got married. You know, I was a journeyman. I was making good money, and you know, we had a very good start. Mm-hmm. Very good start. I uh, got drafted. You know, I was going to go to Vietnam, mm-hmm. and I remember I was going to go in March. I got married in November, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I was uh, because my status changed after I left my mother's home. They wouldn't let me, even though I was helping with my brother. And his wife, they would not. Uh, that could, a you, could, you couldn't have two had two. They changed my deferment. Right. They had two households. So I got drafted. I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And then I also had a mother-in-law that you know before we got married, she said I was a nice Irish boy. And then uh, once my uh, former bride started liking me. I was a big old gangster. <laughs> and uh, she tried to get me drafted. So she... Mm-hmm. But we ended up... Mm-hmm. We ended up okay, me and her. <laughs> anyway... She wanted, you to, she wanted to get you drafted. Wanted yeah. to get me drafted. But I made a change like that from the nice Irish boy to an Italian gangster. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, which was kind of crazy. And I was going to go in March... And I was in a tavern one day. This buddy of mine says, look what they're saying up there. The last deferments. My wife became pregnant. It wasn't planned. It just happened. Mm-hmm. So I was the last group that got deferred because of that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, no more. There was no, Shortly after that, there wasn't any more. You know. And uh, my plan was to get a little girl. And, God, I was uh, on top of the world with that. Mm-hmm. But the drinking was... Uh, you know, the guys I ran with, we were heavy drinkers and worked hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, same stuff, you know, I didn't hang out with guys that didn't work. And, you know, so that I didn't. Or guys that didn't drink. Yeah. No, didn't <laughs> hang out with any of them. Yeah. No. <laughs> I didn't know any of them, probably. 
So uh, we moved from, I remember we were, uh, I had, uh, I was working on a job and the difference to, uh, my wife got pregnant again right away mm -hmm. and they have a little St. Irish twins mm -hmm. that close. That's like within yeah. uh, like 15 months or something. And she, well, lost, she lost it, lost it mm -hmm. and I was on a job and I had to come and they had a sign at the time because it was like an illegal abortion. That's mm -hmm. what they, they wouldn't even. They waited for me to get to that hospital. She would have died, I think. Hmm. We didn't interfere until I got there. My brother came and got me. I was on a job out in order field. They wouldn't take the they wouldn't take the fetus unless No, you had to go insane. Yeah. And uh you know, uh so then right after that, you know, well, she got pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And uh and then a while after that again. So I had three little daughters. <laughs> and uh, you know, very uh, a lot about drinking, mm -hmm. a lot of drinking, a lot of goofiness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, I don't know how I. It's good I was never, uh, you know, I don't, I don't talk much about a lot of uh, war stories with drinking. But uh, I was drinking wine with a bunch of Greeks one night and uh, came home. And I don't know if anybody knows Edison Park, but Edison Park is a great part of the city northwest side. I lived on the edge of Park Ridge and I went over the railroad tracks. Well, I had my, Trixie was with me. Mm -hmm. She was at the house. And I came and I was bombed. Mm. We were having a, like a, a, a Christmas Eve get together. Mm, celebration. And I was supposed to go up into town and the butcher had a roast. He was doing something too and all that. Well, as soon as I got there, my mother he had this great way of, she would side with my wife, like, oh, my God, look at him. See, right away, mm -hmm. Ma would cozy up to the wife. You know, she had, Ma always had an agenda for Ma. So my wife goes, oh, my God, you're not going to be able to pick that up. I said, well, somebody told me, you know, that you, you can't, can't do that. No, right. that, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. So I got in my car, and, of course, Ma came. Sure. And Ma thought, well, I'll go for the ride. I better watch him, but I know he'll probably stop up at the tavern, and I'll be able to get a couple drinks up there, you know. <laughs> so she gets in the car, and the car's not yeah. going forward. It's not moving. I don't know why. I didn't know at the time. Why, why it's not moving? I don't care. I'm going to reverse. So I go down about to the end of the street in reverse. People are coming <laughs> home from work. You know, my neighbors yeah. were... Probably the nicest, most normal neighbors that you'd ever have. All very nice people. Mm -hmm. And I'm going backwards. Mm -hmm. Headed to the butcher to get the roast. Ma goes, nope, she's going on and on. Oh, my God, I've never seen such craziness. I said, Ma, you're going to have to get out. <laughs> she's got, <laughs> you know, she's putting the St. Francis medals around and Christopher's. And <laughs> so Ma gets out. <clears throat> and I went around, and I don't know how I did it. But all I know is, all I remember is, I went over the railroad track, everything backwards, and I woke up the next morning. I should have been put away, really. I think about this, some idiot that could have injured. You know, I think about it today, and how nobody stopped it. I don't even know how where I parked. <laughs> but how I know it happened, because I woke up, and usually what would happen is the girls would come by the bed, they were little, they are all cute, big brown eyes, and they'd look at me and, like, 
boy, Dad, you're in trouble. <laughs> so I woke up, you know, and right away I hear Ma going, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, stop. I said, please. I said, you know, my God, you set, the, you set the stage, Ma, please. <laughs> oh, please, you know, God almighty, anybody to talk. And I go out, and she goes, look at that car out there. Everybody's looking to see how it's up on the, it's parked backwards up on the lawn. And I'm trying to think, I'm trying to, you know, concoct, because I had a blackout. Mm-hmm. All I remember is that it wouldn't go forward, and I'm thinking, what the hell? I came back backwards. <laughs> That's all I know is I did. The, first, the only thing I can think of is whether there's any leftover roast, you know, but that. Uh, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I don't think I was uh, really at the yeah. event. Oh, I see. You might I was been. there, but I don't know what happened. But anyway, right. I woke up, and there was a Japanese couple that lived across the place. I remember they were really nice people. Mm-hmm. And I was out there kind of going, <clears throat> you know, looking, and he came up, he goes, John, he goes, what what happened? He said, you, you were driving backwards. I was coming home from the train. He says, and then I saw the car go backwards later, <laughs> where it is. I said, I don't know, I had a problem, and I'm going, <clears throat> you know, trying to figure out what do you say. Well, what happened is the car particular car I had, I had pushed the emergency brake on and would not go forward. <laughs> emergency brake holds a car from going forward. Right. I know that. That's why I was going backwards. Right. And uh, he goes, yeah, he got in the car and he says, oh, you got an emergency brake on. I said, yeah, oh, I know that. I said, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was some of that craziness. Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure there was many, many, many more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will say one other that I'm not proud of at all. I worked on a Sears Tower. I was down there for a couple of years, and me and my bride were going to have a makeup dinner. Mm -hmm. She came down and was dressed real nice. We we're going to go out to eat, and I was really drinking heavy at the time, very, very heavy. And I wanted her to see the top of the building. It was still in a skeleton. Mm -hmm. I mean, she wouldn't go up a six-foot ladder without she didn't want to. Of course, we're going to. Mm -hmm. And the iron workers were working there, and they were coming down because it was cloudy. You couldn't even see anything. Well, Jane Fonda had been down at the building and was talking to the some of the uh, minority workers about if they were going to treat it fairly, and I really didn't like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so my wife, we got stuck up there, and I was trying to get an elevator. You know, it was an outside elevator to work, and it wouldn't go. So she made a comment like, well, we could get down faster the walking. And I thought, well, I guess we're getting some of this Jane Fonda stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we walked down 110 flights of stairs, mm -hmm. and she had high heels on. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so that's kind of where my mindset was, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, we were starting to have relationship <laughs> problems. Re relationship mm -hmm. problems. I wanna, we're gonna. <coughs> yeah, that. we're just gonna, we're gonna do, and you know, we're not gonna have any Jane Fonda. No, we're not gonna, no discussion. No. no. Well, I was uh, at a place that I was uh, the alcoholism. You know, was I was drinking more. 
and um, still working, you know, functioning, let's put it that way. Uh, the last little event we had, I come home one night and uh, I got bit by a few bees. And I had a beautiful house. We had a restored home it was in the old Norwood Park. Great house. My wife's comfortable, the kids were comfortable, everybody's comfortable with John. Yeah. Came home and uh, the bees, I was getting bit two nights in a row. Now in the dark. Now I'm getting pissed off at these bees. Oh yeah? <laughs> I can't see where they are. Well, mm -hmm. I saw where they, where they were coming out of the ground. Oh. So I went into the garage. Mm -hmm. Took five gallons of gas, poured it in there, and lit it up, <laughs> mm -hmm. and almost blew the garage up. And the Chicago Fire Department was there. The neighbor there was a blaze going. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> <Did you get laughs> the bees? They still kept going in the fire. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you know, I'm going to fix this. When you're yeah, when you're uh, part of the bumblebee, yeah. we're, in, we're in serious trouble. Just use more gasoline. And then. Um, Anyway, we I was very unhappy. Was going to make a move. Looked at something in the paper one day, way out in Crystal Lake, Hee Haw Land, you know, <laughs> and uh, was able to financially uh, did very well. Doubled on our house twice, so you know you could do that back then. Mm -hmm. This was in the middle seventies. Sure. Came out here, bought a big old barn that I was going to be done with in about a year, you know. I lived in there 25 years and was never done, but work in progress. It, it was a work in progress, sure. mm -hmm. and uh, moved from uh, you know just uprooted my family. You had four girls then at that point. No, we, we had three. Oh, we had three. three. <clears throat> Came out here and also had a back operation, and I had no insurance because uh, I got laid off. Didn't have any insurance. Had a back operation, so things were starting to get a little goofy for John. And a unhappy wife was, uh, had to move out of there because my one daughter, there was plaster dust and she got infected. Anyway, <clears throat> I decided I'll go in business for myself. I had to do something because things were real bad and these were in like 1979 and 80. Things were very, very bad like they are right now. And uh, I did what I had to do and I was working and um, the drinking was continuing. Well, I found out that I could drink a lot. Now that I'm working for myself, I can kind of have my own hours. Mm. Yeah, I can drink in the morning, mm -hmm. and then I'll just work later. Maybe I'm not gonna. Maybe I'm gonna drink in a. Well, it's raining out a little bit today. I'll just drink all day today, and then I'll work Saturday. That's the way it works. Worked it as long as I get the 40 to 50 hours in. Doing good. Sure. Not taking into consideration kind of like the family. Yeah. You know, and uh, and not really, you know, thinking at the same time I was like father of the year. That's part of the sickness, you know, a perception that is very distorted, very, very distorded. Where did that, I mean, where did you get that? Where did that come from? Did this come from, I don't know, come? Well, I think that, you know, for me, the disease just promotes it, yeah. you know, and the alcohol certainly manifests. If you got whatever in there that's goofy, I got a lot of goofiness. Mm -hmm. it's it's a, yeah, it's, thinking. Yeah, it's, you see things differently because you. Yeah. Know, I, I see things the way I want to see them. Yeah, the way I want to see them, and the right. way you better think. You know, at home, you, that's sure. the way you're going to think. I mean, you know, we know that. So yeah. right away, you know, you learn. I was a great, uh, you know, a great no guy. 
with the kids because I come from there. Right. I come from a lot of no's. Yeah, can started, I do this? You started no. the no club, I believe. Yeah. Didn't you? Mm-hmm. Can I do that? No. Everything's automatic. No. Oh, no guy. Okay. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah, everything's yeah. no. Yeah, the yeah. answer to your question is yeah. so. Yeah, no. <coughs> Before you ask it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, the drinking got worse, and our relationship was getting worse, and you know I wasn't listening to anything that was really going on, and. Uh, the relationship was at a point that uh, I didn't know that either, but uh, you know my former wife, who I get along with very well today, mm-hmm. she's uh, I would do anything for her, and uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, I would okay. do anything yeah. for her, mm-hmm. uh, but at that time uh, she got involved, or she filed for divorce, and you know then had someone in her life, and uh, through. Certain things and reasons that happen, and they happen for me that saved my life is uh, I got custody of the children, and uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I know this. I'm not preaching God, but I know that I had asked something up there, somebody that, you know, please don't let me get separated from my kids. I had this overwhelming uh, feeling that I just had to be be with them. and. It worked out that way, and my little one is uh, she was two, and uh, she's thirty today. She just, you know, she's thirty years old. And my older girls uh, are they're great ladies. All my daughters are great ladies. They got a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the older ones react. We can react to some of the old alcoholism, you know, they don't have the the problem, but they came from it, and, you know, the reaction sometimes is, we can still mix it up. But I give them my great views on, you know, on life sometime, we we kid, I can tease with them, and my oldest just said to me a lot long ago, to the rest of them, she goes, is is that the drinking dad that we're listening to? (laughs) And, you know, uh, what year did you get uh, Eighty four. Eighty four? Yeah. So I've been able to reconstruct and I say that reconstruct uh, my life. Uh I've had a wonderful time in sobriety. I really have. I've had some a couple of you know, I thought really and I say this to anybody, this is what I learned, I thought my life could not exist without my former wife. I mean I was destroyed when that happened. Only through the grace of God, I just kept going, and uh, and I found out. Is that what got a, you in the door, John? Pardon? Her leaving is that what got you in the door, the recovery door? I well, I knew, yeah. When it got to the point that it, I really realized this thing really is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be around right. if I didn't. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. that that did it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a great gift. There's a couple of great gifts that I received, and I think all of us human have, and I didn't know it, is that something happens, be it a tragedy or a breakup or whatever, your heart will beat again. Hmm. And I found that out. I and found it, that out a few has. times. And it has. Yeah. And, it has. Right. And, it, and it's a wonderful, thank God for it. What would you say, <coughs> what would you tell those people out there, kind of maybe wrap it up with this question, but what would you tell those people out there who, those young people out there who come from an alcoholic family who have hardships and and maybe have 
started on their own road with the with the substances or the booze or whatever, what would you tell them based on your experience? What would you say to them? Well, I would tell them that you know, especially if you're having blackouts. Anybody's having blackouts, that's, you know, like just not remembering what you did last night. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you're blacking out and falling down. You got a problem. Mm -hmm. A serious problem. Yeah. It's not going to get better. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you got to think that right now you're bulletproof when you're young, but you know what? Uh, you can be heading into car incarceration. I know people that they're very good people. Uh, I could have been one of those guys. I never got a DUI, I should have had a thousand of them. Right. Driving with one eye, hand over my eye. I could have taken a family out any night of the week. How did you? Uh, how would you say you you managed emotionally? Um, what got? What's maybe? What strengths do you have, or what strengths did you develop that got you through those? You mentioned a while ago those issues that that you carried with you from where you came from. Those things. What what got you through? Well, what helped me basically is, you know, and I say this to anybody that's a parent, and I mean this, is uh, children deserve a sober father or mother. Mm -hmm. They deserve that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I, I, I realized that. That was something I realized right from the beginning. Right. And uh, You didn't the, have that? No. No, I did not have that. But I knew because, and I always say to guys that I help out, if they're having problems with, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, well, I just got sober and the, the kids are still mad at me and this and that, I always say, you know what, who knows better mm -hmm. what to give them than you? If you came from a bad situation, who knows better? All they want is your time. They want you to listen. They want all the things I didn't get as a kid, I was... I certainly gave to the youngest. You felt the need to give that back. Yeah, and I so, was able to yeah. do that. And yeah. I say that to other people that come from a right. tough situation. You know. Thank God you could. Yeah, don't hang on to it. Listen, if you got your own, you know what you missed, so give it to them. Who right. who knows better? You know, right. to, to me. Right. So well, that's perfect. <clears throat> that's that's you know that's a good message. Yeah, and yeah. you can get through. Uh, we never know what challenge. I've had more challenges in the last probably five years. <laughs> yeah. You know, than I've had for quite a while, and I'm okay. Yeah, you seem to be. You got a good attitude. I love life. I love, uh, you know, uh, age is another thing. You know, I'm going to be 71. I'm very comfortable with, you know, one of these days. You know, I'm going to take be taking a walk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the long walk. Yeah. We're getting recycled. <laughs> yeah, but I really love life. I know you do. And uh, I know you do. Rick is a good friend of mine. He, you know, uh, we come from a little opposite sides of the fence, but you know what? I love the guy, and he's just—he's a good human being. And we've had a good friendship. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and you know that. what? Well, one of these days we'll talk about Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll Jane be a good. Fonda. That'll be one of our conversations. And Uncle Seamus. Uncle, Sh you know, we didn't get to Uncle Seamus. No. Can you just say, just just take a, just a minute to say, you know, I want to say hello to Uncle Seamus, and I want to say thank you for his participation. Yeah. In our, well, in first our of all, Uncle Seamus does not like Rick. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't like him. He what? Tell him what he calls him. The limey. The limey. He calls him the limey. Right. And uh, he's got different ways of recovery. Yes. Like Murphy's fist. <laughs> 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 You know, and he's got 
he's got a warehouse that he uses for people that don't agree with him. It's a it's a fast recovery he calls it. Yeah, and he also he uses power tools. <laughs> he uses power tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, see, this is the other side of John. Yeah. Uncle Seamus is a is part of John's recovery that we don't often talk about. <laughs> And we never got to plate in the head, but you know what we'll do? Yeah. We'll have you oh, back, and we'll, yeah. tell, we'll tell some more no. stories, and we'll get to the plate in the head then. Who's ever listening, and you know, all you got something going on in your life, take care of it the best you can. Really, I, I really mean there's help there for everybody. Yeah, there is. Don't ever feel alone. You're not alone. Absolutely. So let me just say thanks to you. Thanks for coming, and uh, we'll we'll get the link for next week's show out as soon as we can. Yes, sir. You can check our website, which is? www.recoveryinternetradio.com. Yes, that's recovery. Can I say one thing before yeah, we can. check out? Yeah, you can. Uh, I just want to give a little plug to my old buddy, Wayne D. Oh, Wayne D. Badass from Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to listen to this program. We so will I, send Wayne D. a link for sure. All he will right, like this. Good. He might have to come all the way from Arizona to join us sometime. He might have to. He could show us his tattoos <laughs> on the radio. Okay. <laughs> so remember, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Give us your feedback and ideas. See you at 8 p.m. next Sunday. I think we're going to go out on a little Bob Harper, uh, um, the uh, double take here. What do we got? Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Don't forget, yeah, there are double takes playing when? Um, September 8th. Saturday, September 8th at 9, 9.30. Fun food and music at... Um, Escape. Escape. Yeah. Not Escape, but Escape. Yeah, you, okay. could, you could pronounce it Escape if you were Latin. <laughs> um, we'll be there. Hope you, hope you join us.